Hello and welcome back, everyone. Before this episode kicks off, I just wanted to say a quick but sincere thanks to Stephen Helbig, who not only opened up his space to record quite a few of these episodes, but also helped to kickstart this podcast in the first place. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode featuring Stephen himself. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Catching Up With. For this episode, I'm here with Stephen Helvig, running Helvig Productions out of Drop Tone Studios here in Excelsior, Minnesota. Um, Stephen is a producer that I've worked with on numerous occasions, playing for other people's sessions, um, playing sessions for my own music. Uh, Stephen's currently mixing and mastering uh, songs that I'm in the process of releasing. Um, so I'm very excited to have you this episode. Um, Welcome to Drop Tone. Yeah, it's good to be. It's always good to be here. Um, so as I said, you're a producer working with numerous artists mm-hmm. around Minneapolis and in the local area. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm a producer engineer primarily. I also do a few other things which we can talk about later. But uh, <laughs> and I've been working out of this studio for the last 11 years. Um working with local artists from the Twin Cities and uh, outstate. Um, lots of different genres, uh, lots yeah. of different types of projects. Yep. Uh, but I've been doing it full time. And uh, yeah, uh, and Helvig Productions is starting to take off, which is sort of my own division, which will also encompass some of these other things that I do, which is music licensing, composing, and uh, just kicking off some uh, video work now as well. Yeah. That was going to be my question is like, does that technically fall under Helvig Productions? But yeah, you that was that. a big <laughs> part of why I created that separate name just yeah. to kind of have a better umbrella for those other things. Yeah. I think kicking off a, like a film, you know, division, if that's what you want to call it, works better with something. I feel like it just seems to fit better with something titled Helvig Productions versus Drop Tone Studio. Yeah. Drop Tone yeah. Studio sounds like a recording studio yeah. for music, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Have you, how many like sessions, shoots, whatever you want to call them. I'm not sure what you would call it. Um, like how much stuff have you done for filming? Videos brand new. We okay. actually just shot our first, first I, music because I saw you bringing in the, the like bringing the gear back in. So yeah. was that for something yeah. or was it? Yeah, uh, one of the records that I'm working on right now for Marie and the Coins. Oh yeah, um, they're gonna release their first single in September. And, nice. Uh, we just got talking, and I said you have to have a music video, and um, so we were like, they were just gonna DIY it, and so I offered to b- borrow them this gear. Yeah, because I've been, you know, getting stuff ready and and just learning and and practicing. But I, you know, I'm not really open for business on that side yet. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's more word of mouth at this point. Yeah, I'm just I'm just figuring it out and learning. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I was gonna, you know, just borrow the gear to them if they wanted to to use it, and they were just like, "Well, do you mind just you know, like you know you want to come and shoot it?" And so it was like, "Why not?" It's a learning experience. Well, just, you know, deadlines are good. It, yeah. It's like, okay, that means I have to like put some time into this. I've been so busy that it's just been, the equipment's been sitting around and, and, mm-hmm. uh, waiting for that day when I'm like, okay, time to get that video business running. Right. Um, 
which may never happen. So this is a good way to force it. Yeah. So it's cool. I, I just really crunched and, and figured out the, the bare necessities of, um, doing the filming and they're going to edit it themselves, which took a huge amount of pressure off. I just had to <laughs> yeah. you know, operate the camera well enough and I feel comfortable directing because it's similar to producing. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I kept the, the, the concept was really simple. You know, yeah. we're not trying to do anything like not trying fancy. to break new ground. Yeah. No, this was a, you know, it's a, a like a rehearsal kind of setting yeah. of them performing. Oh, the I saw pictures from that then. Yeah. And I think it's going to turn out, turn out really good. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a cool setup. So that was the first, um, I'm excited to see their edit of it and I've done a little bit other video work, but, um, mainly just from like being around and helping direct or, or, you know, some little element of it with other clients that are again, doing it on their own and just need extra hands, extra ideas, extra input in general. Yeah. So I've, I've watched it a little bit and contributed a little bit and I just felt like this is a, there's enough demand out there for it. Uh, especially just even within my clients. Of, yeah. Just helping them get more content. You know, we need so much content now. Yeah. And they're, they don't have enough. And yeah. And it'd be fairly simple to, to get that started. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the newest, the newest piece of the puzzle that's coming together. But right. Um, I'm excited to do more and I'm, I'm going to hopefully um, start booking a few, a few more like easy, low key ones. Keep yeah. the expectations really low. Low, low stakes, low pressure. <laughs> And yeah. then start getting into fancier stuff as I can learn uh, Final Cut to, totally. to get confident with the editing portion. Um, yeah. The editing for me, for any anything that I edit, like for me, that's like the best part of the process. It's like the other way around for me where like when I record video, I just cannot stand being in front of the camera. If I'm recording myself, like if somebody else, that video I did with Goose that's fine because I don't even have to think about the fact that there's a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could just sort of be in the moment. But if I set up the camera, I just, there's something I don't like about that. So once I get into, you know, iMovie and I'm editing, I'm like, okay, I could just sit here in my PJs and just like, just edit it and make it look good. Yeah. yeah. It's like a low pressure. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that process in, in final cut because I, I think it'll, there'll be so many parallels between Pro Tools editing, not like obviously in the key commands or something, but like just in the philosophy of how, how to approach it. And um, just that workflow that comes really natural to me in Pro Tools that I think once I get comfortable with the interface and the approach in Final Cut, that it'll, it'll feel creative quickly. Yeah. And I look forward to that. So, but I, I did the filming for this last thing and I really liked that too. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I also liked what you said about like the fact that it kind of forced you like them coming to you about it kind of forced you to kick off the, the whole, like this thing that you've been thinking about. Yeah. And because I've just been, I've been trying to put into practice the idea of like something that you want to do or like something that you want to try just to see if it works out being okay with it not working out but also just like but also not being afraid to to just or not being hesitant to try it you know deciding that it's okay if this doesn't work out 
I want to try it and then just do it <laughs> because then if it doesn't work out, like if it works out great and then you have something there that you're working with, if it doesn't work out, you get to move on and use your effort and your brain space for something else that you care about. Yeah. That will work out. Yeah. I think we all sometimes need a push to just start doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to be said about that. I, you know, that is just sort of the best way to learn. It's just, yeah. Just, yeah. You may not know everything and it's probably not going to be your best work, but just start. Yes. And it's okay. I, I have that conversation a lot with clients sometimes where we're working on a project and, and I don't know, some decision might come up where, you know, about, Hey, should we do this really? Like, I don't know, maybe it's a time, um, intensive task to yeah. make something like 5% better. And sometimes I'm like, you know, we can, if you want, if it's worth it to you, of course. But then it's, you know, it's kind of an awkward thing, but sometimes it's like, but it's probably not the right song to do that on. Like, yeah. this is your first recording and it's, yeah. it's good, but it's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It's your first one. Like, yeah. Hang in there, live for another 25 of them. Like, and even number two is probably going to be considerably better. Oh, I yeah. think you can think back to the first, whatever the first song you put together and it's mm-hmm. probably garbage. Yeah. Like everybody feels that way about their first song. So <laughs> even though it's precious to you at that time, yeah. and that's, that's good. I don't want to take that away from them. Right. It's just like, I also want to help them manage their time and their money so that they're not pouring resources into something that's not going to, you know, give them the results that they're looking for anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like better to just be like, let's do this and get it done and make it good enough so that it's respectable, but then yeah, move on. Because like doing justice to the song. Yeah. You learn so much in the process that I know that the next one they come back with will be better. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, and like, like we're doing today, you can always redo something if you have the tools and the knowledge to do it better later. Yeah. You know, I was actually, I was talking with Greta about, um, I can't remember exactly what we were like, what subject we were on, but I was, it, it, it arrived to the point where I was like, you shouldn't feel ashamed looking back five years at your work. If what you did at the time was genuinely like your best effort, because it's super easy. I feel like we all have a tendency to look back, you know, two, three, mm-hmm. four, five years and just be like, oh, that's so bad, you know? Just by default, because you've gotten better. But what if it is bad? <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to tell. Sometimes it's really hard to tell because, I don't know. I guess that's fair. I think I, I think you're, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the point that you're making is really, it's not it's not really about what you made, it's about your progress, right? Exactly. And, and that's fine, but subjective, right. like, <laughs> it's, if, it, if the product's bad, it's still bad. Right. And, yeah just cause I'm thinking about like artists that leave up their, like their first record is always going to be available. Mm-hmm. They might not, they might not be a fan of that record, but they're probably still proud of it. If they left it up, I would imagine. Yeah. And I think that that's because at least what I take away from that is you shouldn't be ashamed of something you did before because it's not as good as you would do it now. 
you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel bad about that just because you've gotten better. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, um, I don't think you should feel bad about it. Yeah. But or, whether or, or not embarrassed, you want to, you know, well, whether or not you want to share, it's a different, a different thing. Yeah. Because I can just even reflecting on my own work, like there's stuff from when I was performing as an artist and playing in bands and whatever, like early on that, no, don't want to share it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no need. There's nothing, there's nothing to gain. Yeah. Am I, am I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I look, but when I think about m- making those records, like I learned a ton and I'm super uh, proud of the progress and all of that. Like that's yeah. all positive, but whether or not I want to actually right. play it, like, Hey, check out this. No, I don't. I don't. P- part of it too is like whether or not it res- represents you anymore. You exactly. Know, there, there's. I've seen artists that will take down some things because it just doesn't. It doesn't represent them as an artist. It might have represented them as a person in that moment in time, but it's like well, they'll I've either seen... they'll either start a new project or they'll rebrand things like that, or they might take it down just because. And some artists leave it up, even if it is really different or really low quality or terrible in some way or something, you know, but because they just don't care. And that's just how it was that moment in time. And that's fine. Yeah. I think it just depends on how you personally feel about it, you know? And for me, it's just like, ah, nah, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, spark good memories necessarily. Like hearing the music doesn't pump you up, you know? No, no, (laughs) it doesn't. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I just feel like there, there's nothing, nothing good will come of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your first album? Like first or not necessarily album. Like what was your first recorded stuff? Was it with your acapella? For me as an artist or me as a, as an engineer? Both. Let's do artist first. First thing I recorded as an artist was um, my high school band, punk band called Cellophane. And I think it was maybe, maybe the, I don't know, it was probably around senior in high school or something. We'd played since we were 15, 16. And Mm -hmm. um, I think we just had a few shows left and, you know, people go to college, whatever. And so we were, or even I think it was, no, it would have been, it would have been my summer before my last year because our bass player was a year older and he was leaving. Gotcha. In any case, we were like, oh, we should probably like try to document these songs in some form. And at, you know, at that time it wasn't very like Dawes weren't what they are now Mm -hmm. and, you know, GarageBand didn't exist. And so I don't know what it was recorded in, probably Cubase. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because our bass player had, he bought a microphone and had a DAW and brought in a computer. And we just, we were rehearsing in this empty house. And so we, and the living room was just covered in like blankets and stuff and like whatever <laughs> yeah. material we could find. And, you know, just in a circle and put a mic in the middle and recorded. Wow. <laughs> there was a mic in the middle and then we had vocal mics. Okay. Um, and it was two guitars, bass and drums. Just get some hot takes. Yeah. And I'm probably more proud of that record (laughs) than the following two, but. Well, that feels like 
that's a thing too where it, that sounds like a, a an enriching experience like a precious memory yeah and mainly because it that to me is a precious memory right. and it, it i mean obviously the quality's not good and the songwriting's not good and all that you know but but it was just it's just awesome yeah that, that we did it and and had it's a great we, story had we not i would not remember any of those songs at yeah. all I mean, I can't really remember them now. I'd have to like go back and listen to it. So yeah. um, I think it's just cool that it got preserved. Yeah. It's like and a whole movie. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, brings back a lot of memories. And then, then I did a record when I was a freshman in college and that was the acapella record. And yeah. that's so goofy and like laughably bad <laughs> that it's almost <laughs> that one. I still, I'm like, I'm, I like it was the next record that I did that I took really seriously that is a lot better quality and stuff that I'm like, eh, almost because we tried really hard and it does sound good that it, that then it feels like I have to judge it on like a different scale, on almost. a different scale. Like because the other ones were more lo-fi, it was like cool. Yeah. But because this one's not, and it's just like, yeah, it's just still bad songwriting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then um just the really good equipment <clears throat> right <laughs> then it's like oh this is bad now yeah. you know maybe i would like that record better if we would have spent less money making it yeah ultimately who knows yeah um first record i did as an engineer tough because i you know i interned on projects and i was helping with stuff a lot it was probably more of a gradual i think the first full length that i produced and engineered was um a songwriter called Noah Cornelius and he did um, classic rock stuff mm -hmm. and he had friends and session musicians play on the record and it was a full flushed out band but it just started with him and me and a guitar and putting songs together. Oh, so you were in that project? No, I mean just as a, from a oh, production standpoint gotcha. you know, he would start and bring stuff in and then we'd gotcha, take gotcha. it from there. Sorry, I miss, no. <laughs> misheard what you said. I think I sang some harmonies on it, but that was about it. Yeah. How often do you contribute to uh, a project like that? Like how often do As you find yourself kind of yeah, like playing or singing? Every now and then. Um, honestly, less now than I used to. I used to do it more. Um, I find now that I, I play and sing on records when... If I mean, if the client really wants me to, like, just for the novelty of it or something, because mm -hmm. they think it's fun. Yeah. Um, or it honestly, if when it's just really low budget, and yeah. it's like, um, I'm gonna be, we're, I'm working with a r really young songwriter or something, and like, they're writing songs on their guitar, but they can't really play it well enough to like keep it in time. Yeah. And, but they're more interested in just the process and, and making a song than they are about like performing it yeah. at this point, at least. Yeah. That's usually when I'll play guitar mm -hmm. on the record instead. Cause yeah. it's like, I'm not good enough to like, <laughs> but I'm good enough to do that. Exactly. If yeah. it, you know, like, um, a songwriter like Greta who's making their first record, but it's not low budget then. Um, and she's writing from the perspective of a singer. Yep. And not like then, you know, then it's like we need a session guitarist. Like yeah. I am not going to like, I guess that if the part was easy, I could do mm -hmm. it. But, um, you know, that's when I'll, even if I can do it, I'm like, 
but we should, if you have the budget, we should bring in a session guitarist because they'll do they'll do that at the very minimum plus probably make it better, and and add some level that I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not capable of doing. I think there's just a better product to from the from the simple fact that you aren't doing two jobs at once. You're not trying to fill two roles of like producer or multiple roles of like producer, engineer, I think and that, you're playing on I, top of that. I think that that might be true for me, but I mean, some of your best producers do all of that. True, true. I just think that it's it has potential. I mean, even if some of the best stuff comes from that, it might even still be beneficial to have the separate pair of ears. Yeah, I, I mean, I like, I like that hearing, um, like for me doing sessions here, like doing sessions for Greta. I mean, I like that I can just throw ideas out and have immediate feedback of like what's good and what's bad. Sure. And if I'm by myself, it's just a, I can still do that, but it's a slower process because I really, I want to sit with ideas and maybe like play them 40 times before I really get to know whether or not I like it or not. Um, So sometimes in a session, you know, scenario where I'm playing for somebody else, it's really nice to have just the, the, the pace of, or the pace that comes with a separate opinion. I find that, well, probably one of the things that I'm, that I would say that I'm good at in terms of on the production side is just like organizing and curating ideas. Yeah. Like just being the person that's like that part, not that part, that part. Mm -hmm. And like, even though it seems so simple, a lot of times that can be difficult for, for the musician and or songwriter or whatever Mm -hmm. to do because a lot of times there's a lot of good ideas and it's just hard to sift through, well, this or this, I don't know, they both work. <laughs> and yeah. that's really when a producer can be like, no, that one. And yeah. now we're moving ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the old thing alone and yep. it's done. So and that's an hour that didn't get <clears throat> spent on one idea. So I like having other people generating ideas because I feel like I'm really good at 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 developing them mm-hmm. into something else. What I'd be curious to know your take on how much you think that is your responsibility as a producer to to weigh in on like creative ideas because I know there's there's definitely cases where it's fairly easy to know because somebody will ask or because I mean like for me I I want your feedback especially in a mixing uh and a mastering scenario I want to know what's working and what's not working what you'd like more of but are there scenarios that you think Maybe it's difficult or maybe, maybe it's not difficult for you, but just what uh, what do you see your responsibility as from the perspective of producer? Right. To like craft. Yeah. Like how much how much do you feel comfortable contributing or responsible to contributing to a song that's not yours? Right. Um, it very much depends on the client. And that's something that I sort out sometimes as I go along in that project and sometimes even before the project starts, it just depends. So, um, I would say more times than not though, it's, 
it's usually in those first session or two that I'll just kind of suss it out. Like, yeah, yeah, they're taking all my suggestions. All right, this is cool. I'll yeah. keep doing that. <laughs> sort of <laughs> or read like it. getting shut down every time. Yep. I don't think they really want my input. That's cool. I'll transition into like being more of an engineer at this point. Yeah. It does. It goes unsaid. And it's usually just a natural thing. And I, I like to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just try to, f- try to be what, what they're looking for and just be helpful. Yeah. The, but sometimes it needs to be discussed to some extent. Um, well, let's use Greta as an example again. I think mm-hmm. that was one, I, th- I think maybe we did talk about it a little bit early on because it's like, you know, she's a fresh songwriter and, has a lot to learn about how the process works. Right. Mm-hmm. And the process can work a lot of different ways. So yeah. if she doesn't know, and, and I'm trying to figure that out, some of that just has to be talked about. And, you know, it's like, I, I kind of need to know like, okay, I, here's your, like your demo, but it's, it's so wide open. Like sometimes the chords aren't really done. Mm-hmm or necessarily the ones she intends to mm-hmm. do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a, there's a, a, a concept, like a vague concept with a few there's like a, vivid elements. There was always a melody and lyric exactly. and then uh, some interpretation of the chords. This, sometimes the chords were like very much like it's definitely this. Sometimes the chords might be a note or two, so they could be interpreted with different voicings and become different chords or... Mm-hmm. Or, or even they were just like, I, you know, something, you know, she would be very open. Like it's, it's something like this, but it, yeah, it's open for the purpose of j- literally just aiding the songwriting process. So then it's, you know, then I just simply ask like, Hey, do you want, like, what do you have in mind for this? And, and then, you know, if they say, if the, if, if the answer is, I don't know, like, you know, or, or, yeah. or something vague, then I'll throw out like idea this idea that like you, we can take it this way. We can take it that way. Yeah. Pick one. And then it, like that. And then I just kind of keep giving them ideas based on what they're into. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll, if it's like the idea is leaning towards one direction, clearly, mm-hmm. let's say it's leaning towards a, 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 like a pop thing. And I'm like, I think it could be like this alternative kind of thing. Then I'll be like, how intentional is this? And again, if it's like very intentional, yeah, I'll just well, that's fine. We'll we'll go with that. Yeah. Or if it's not, then I'll be like, have you considered doing it this? Like, if we change this key and change the tempo and change the chord progression, right, right. Then it can be this thing, and uh, you know, I'd say fifty fifty. Sometimes, like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. That's so. That's even better than I expected. Or or sometimes it's like that's what I meant, but I had no idea how to how to express that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like either way it's, it's kind of a win-win because if they say like, if an idea gets shot down and they're like, no, this is the thing I'm going for, then you can just double down your efforts and then make that thing, like expound on that thing and and flesh it out. It's really just about clarifying where we're going. Or you get to explore new things and, and then you get to find the thing that they were trying to explain. It's very rare that I'm going to force a style or an idea on a song. Like my my process is more about like, where do we want to go? What, you know, where do you want to go as an artist? And then how do I get there, you know, with you, for you? 
as as well as we can. Yeah, that's usually what I'm trying to do. I'm not. I'm making working with local artists. We're not making like these huge records that have to like right. hit these numbers or whatever. So there's no there's no reason that we need to like. Well, this would do better. If, right. There's no there's no point in pandering to something that's not like your own interest. To top forty rules or something like right. that. If if that's not their goal. Yeah. You have like the freedom to stick to integrity of it's, the artist. Yeah, of the artist, of like what they want. There's there are times though that I'm like, oh, this song would be so cool. We did this thing with it. <laughs> and I'll I'll maybe like make more of a case of like, I really think this would be a cool track if you let it go this way. Yeah. And just kind of explain my reasoning. Mm-hmm. And um if if they're into it, we go with it. And if they're not, we don't. Mm-hmm. And reference tracks help out a, a ton too with that whole process. Yeah, just like, yeah, and trust. A lot of it yeah. comes down to trust. Like I, I probably wouldn't necessarily do that right away in a process. Like wait until I build up a little trust with that client that they see what what can happen and what what to expect and yeah, um, and but you know it again, it just depends. I've had other clients that very much like just they have a vision and they just want to do that thing. And yeah, like, and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But sometimes it can be frustrating because especially if it's like so close to being something that I think in my opinion would be really cool. And they're just like, ah, just not quite hitting that mark. I'm like, (laughs) man, he's killing me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're paying for the session and, and I respect that. And I, I, What's more important to me is that my clients leave happy. Yeah. And yeah. as much as it's it's important that the song does well in whatever relative terms that means to them, mm-hmm. it's probably, you know, the reality of it's probably not going to do so well or, you know, that, that yeah. it changes our careers. So it's like I'm more interested in, in retaining clients and having everybody be happy and ex- enjoy the experience of making music. And I lean more into that, I guess, than, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the end product is super important, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be a hundred percent approved by the client. Right. Right. Listening to you talk on that subject just makes me think of like, what, what keeps you inspired? Cause I feel like it's really easy to get burnt out especially being in here, you know, for so many hours a week. I know. Um, like how, how do you keep things fresh to where, because I mean, anytime I've asked for ideas or when I've been in on sessions where you're, you're sort of steering things, um, you have ideas to give and you have input and I'm just like, I don't know if I could do that. If I don't know if I could keep that up this many hours a week. So like what, what sort of refreshes that for you? I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if there's, I do. I mean, there's definitely times where I feel burnt out and I feel like creatively, um, I can tell like I'm not doing as much. Um, you know, breaks is huge just to, to try to take breaks whenever I can. Um, are you talking like throughout the day or like not listening to things once you leave? Well, yeah. Um, maybe both. (laughs) I I mean, mainly like just if I can, um, you know, 
I work Monday through Friday primarily. Um, and then I'll try to take Saturday and Sunday off. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes I have to book that if bands are in and stuff. But having two days off is really nice because I always find that like by Friday, it's like the battery's running low. <laughs> yeah. Creative ideas. Yeah. It's when I work on my own material. So I, yeah. I'm not yeah. running low on anybody else. Um, but uh, I think uh, the other thing is I, I don't listen to a lot of other music when I'm working a lot. Yeah. I'll try to just ear break. Like when I'm done with sessions, I don't listen to music. Yeah. And just really try to get back to silence. Yeah. And uh, that helps a lot. It's yeah. just because when I, if I'm listening to music, I'm thinking about it constantly because that's what your your brain is used to yeah so i try to, to i try not it. i mean it's tough because i want to be listening to other records to like you know see what's going on and get inspired by it so i pick and choose but um i think in general to be honest it's the the process of always being able to contribute an idea is not necessarily doesn't necessarily always come from a place of like inspired creativity it just comes from practice yeah like there are times i can even think of in sessions with you and and greta where i've come like solved problems and come up with ideas for how songs work and i have i'm not creatively interested i just know what'll work yeah <laughs> Not interested. I'm like, I'm tired. It's like 9 p.m. I've been there right. for 12 hours. And it's it's not even that you, it, it's one of those things where you just know and you don't have to expend creative energy. It doesn't You're, have to come from a spot of inspiration. Of exactly. Like, oh, what about this? You just know. I'm just like, yeah, just try this chord. That one's not working. Here's the next best option. I just know music theory. Yeah. Like, okay, good. Or like, we need an ending. Have you tried the the six chord here? Let's go into a deceptive cadence. You know, like just there's just tricks, right? That you pick yep. up over time and it's just practice. I think the bigger skill is more of just like staying focused, not letting yourself zone out and become distracted. If you're focused and you're into it, you'll always have an idea about what's going on. Totally. Yeah. I like that. I, th I think... A big part of, I think a big part of all things creative, but definitely in music, because I can, I can confirm that aspect is just like reps, just being willing to do it. Yeah. And totally. it, like, I, you know, just show up and do the work. Exactly. And the beginning, like, I can't remember where. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say it, but it's just like the beginning is the hardest. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's true. It's just like the beginning of... And sometimes the end. Yeah. The be <laughs> to like, finish. Yeah. Yeah. It's... it's, And that's another very true thing, I feel like, especially for music makers. When am I done? Right. It's easy to start a really cool idea. And it's like... it. Sometimes it's... Sometimes it's more satisfying to get caught up in like what this could be then to finish it and see what it is because you're like you don't want it to be less than what it you thought it could have been right. <laughs> if that makes sense oh yeah you know like this could be a I banger think it's a common feeling for people that are learning the tools right? yeah because it's like oh i know what this could be but i don't know how mm -hmm. to really get it there yeah especially if your ear is to that point where you can really tell the difference between 
like the real thing and what's not or some crappy version of it, you know? I think a lot of times our solution is like, as musicians, our solution is just like, I'm going to wait until I have the right tools and skills available to make it what it could be when really the, probably the, I feel like almost always the better option and the more healthy way to go about it is to just do it to the best of your ability Agreed. And then that makes the next thing better. Agreed. And just write another song. Agreed. You know, I think a lot of people get tied up into like, when, you know, if they've got a song that they really like, that they just want that to be perfect. And I can relate to that. And I think that's also a good, um, a good tendency, but it has to be, you know, somewhat controlled because you can't think of your career being, atta- you know, tied to like, this one song or this one album even like you have to be thinking about I'm going to do 50 songs and you know five albums yeah because that's kind of where we're at now where we need a lot of content yeah and so you know try to make things as great as possible you're competing at a very high level so you you, you want to do that but you also want to live to get to the next album right <laughs> like you, you know you if you feel like you've put in an adequate amount of work and you've done your best, then move on, Mm -hmm. you know, don't keep doing it forever and ever and and remaking it forever and ever because that I, you know, I'm sure there's some, there's exceptions to that rule for sure. Yeah. Um, but more times than not, you're better off just moving on and, and doing a, doing a better track next instead of trying to keep fixing the old one. Well, it's like even in the process of recording songs or writing songs, it's like when you're throwing out ideas, it's, it's kind of the same thing as just throwing out an idea and it's not the idea, but it might lead to the idea. You know, if you have an idea for a chord progression or if you had an idea for a melody or a lyric and it's kind of in the right direction, that's worth exploring because it might lead to what ends up being on the final cut. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't throw out that imperfect idea that wasn't you know that didn't make the cut you wouldn't have gotten to what did make the cut and uh yeah i think it's just a willingness to try again you know just willingness to try willingness to fail as vague as vague as that word is because it's a really vague word for creative scenarios too it's like i i've sort of i was talking with greta about this too like i feel like failure is almost impossible to define because if you set out to like, you're, I, I'm going to make, cause for me, the case is like, I was going to make an album, you know, I'm going to make an instrumental album and it's going to be awesome. And then that didn't happen because I think for me, it was just way too much pressure, unnecessary pressure. Mm-hmm. And via a lot of advice specifically from Ian, he was like, why don't you just like you've got some songs, why don't you just release them when they're done? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and so that's what I'm doing now. And it's satisfying because I'm actually getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to, there's not going to be hype around somebody's first album. Like, R- rarely. I mean, sometimes. Yeah. Happens, yeah. But yeah. like, Nobody was going to, nobody was going to like lose their shit for, for an instrumental guitar album from (laughs) like out of Minneapolis. Like that, I say that 
and Corey Wong exists. So I guess <laughs> that's not necessarily true. But there's everything you say, there's some other kind of argument. That's, right. That's how this works. Right. But no, I get it. And I think that's a healthier way. And I, I have those conversations a lot with clients is one of the first things I try to do is like break down some expectations because I think it's better for people to stop putting so much pressure on themselves. That doesn't mean that we don't do the highest quality and try to be, you know, get things great. It's that doesn't, they're different things. Yeah. It just means that we don't have to set deadlines that we're not going to hit. We don't have to set goals that have no reward, you know? Yeah. Uh, And I find that musicians do that a lot. Songwriters do that a lot. Like yeah. They'll set some like crazy expectation. It's like, why? Yeah. Why would we even do that? Like if we do that, cool. But why would we say that now? There's no benefit. Like mm-hmm. as long as we're making progress, because deadlines are good. Yes. Up to a point. Yeah. But as long as you're making progress, I think that's enough. Wise, realistic deadlines, I think. If yeah. you're, because, because for me, I set, like I, I, I did an Instagram story where I was like, I just wanted to keep myself accountable. And so I was like, I have a song that there's an idea. Like I have a, I have a drum, like I have a, a, a drum snippet of something I think is a really cool idea. I have a bass part for it. And that's what ended up being almost. Mm. And again, Ian was just like, you should just play bass over it. And that's what that was. And then I, and then the next day he was like, you should put guitar on it. <laughs> and that's all it, that's all it was. That's and, funny. and I spent an afternoon just throwing out some ideas for melodies and things like that. And it turned into a song and I really like the instrumental sort of vibe, uh, like the, the sort of alternative rock, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like putting a label on it because it's it's always inspired by so many different things but um I just wanted to keep myself accountable and actually do it and so I was like this is something in my head at the moment I was like I would like to have this done by the end of summer and then I sort of assessed myself and I was like what's the soonest I could get this done and I was like I think I if I really really pushed myself like gun to my head scenario I think I could get it done in a couple days. And so then I went on Instagram and I was like, I'm going to get this done in a week and it's going to be up somewhere. Like it's going to be done. I'll mix it and it'll be up for you guys to listen to just for the sake of like, I did it. Mm -hmm. And, and if anybody's interested, check it out. Um, and I did it. And that just, I say, I say that because I think, I think deadlines need to be within your means. Like I couldn't just be like, I'm going to get this done today because I would, it would have sucked and I would have been upset. I would have been, I would have been upset with myself for not being able to do it correctly. I would have been upset with the end result because it wasn't what I wanted. So setting something that does push you beyond, you know, what might be normal. Cause I was like, you know, maybe a month. And I was like, no, a week. I should get, there's no reason I shouldn't just do this in a week. Um, and and pushing myself to do that, it was super satisfying. And it just, 
it informed my decision making moving forward. Like, well, this is done. I can send this to Steve. Like, I can I can send these stems to Stephen. That's hard to say. <laughs> uh, and while he's mixing and mastering that, I can work on the next thing. And when that's in, you know, right now I'm bouncing around a few other ideas for the next thing to do. And it's just like it equates to progress, <laughs> you know, yeah. setting setting realistic goals should be about getting yourself closer to what you want to be. And I think going back, like, um, I'm trying to remember the, the exact point that I had in my head earlier. The point I was trying to make earlier was that, um, me trying to make the instrumental album didn't happen. It didn't pan out, but me trying to do that led to what's currently happening. Sure. Which is, I've got two songs, you know, that are ready to go out. Um, hopefully by the time this podcast is up, both of them are out and, you know, more music is on the way and that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't tried the initial thing. And I think that's where deadlines can be really useful. Not so much in that you get it done by this time. It's just about getting the wheel rolling. Like they can help you begin something and then where it leads and when it finishes, less doesn't matter so much to me. I think it's just like they get things started and you develop progress. And as you develop your skill set or as you find your own rhythm for whatever your project is, then you, you readjust your deadlines based on a lot of other factors, right? But it gets things happening. What I end up doing a lot of times with clients is just saying like, We'll, we'll get to a part where it's like, okay, now we just have to mix the record or something. And it's like, they're like booking a CD release show and, you know, ready to order. And I'm like, don't, whatever you do, do not book anything yeah. until this CD or, or the master is in your hands. Yeah. Then book stuff. Yeah. Because the amount of times they put unnecessary deadlines <laughs> on themselves and it's like, well, we still need more time to finish this. And well, I need it done by tomorrow. It's like. So like, that was dumb because it's like, now well, gonna, it's like, well, it's not going to be what you want. Right. Um, or, or even if it's easily moved because they, they just, that doesn't happen that often. But yeah, if it's um, like they're telling their friends and family or fans or whatever, like, oh, I'm going to have a record by summer mm-hmm. and it's the spring cause we're just starting it. And it's like, why would you do that? <laughs> Like maybe by summer will. means maybe by summer maybe we will but why would you do that yeah <laughs> we're gonna work on it as hard as we can but why would we set deadlines that we don't need and and that's the thing too is like you could because you win if you a, a big win is having like tons of content the more content because social media is a daily thing mm-hmm. uh and people are giving their attention to Instagram and Facebook daily. So it's like if instead of announcing that an album's coming up, you can just show people that you're working on an album every time you're working on it. And that's yeah. more interesting to people than one announcement saying album this summer and then not hearing from Agreed. you until the album comes Agreed. out. They, it, they would get way more value out of being part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Yeah. I like, I like the fact that you said to you, a big part of it is to break down expectations because 
a lot of times that does get in the way of, you know, not just starting or, you know, being satisfied with something, but just discovering different options for what are available to you. You know, if you don't, like if you have one career path in mind and you just adhere to that, you'll limit yourself on the 50 other things that could have come up, you know, in your schooling or in your day-to-day or in your day job, you know, that would have been just as satisfying or way more satisfying. And you just, you can't plan to just happen upon new opportunities and new chances to try things. You just have to be willing to, to taste new things, I Mm -hmm. think. And so that's, that's huge to just not have expectations. Yeah. Be open-minded that again, a lot of this advice and a lot of this process is based in the fact that, you know, a majority, especially right now, um, of the projects that I'm producing are artists making their first records. Mm-hmm. So that advice is different than say an artist making their third or fourth record. True. Right. You know, they might need more strict deadlines cause they're dragging things along and you know, yeah. this is very much geared towards, Hey, you're doing your first record. Yeah. Let's think about it this way yeah. because, uh, it's, I, there's different requirements for that. There's, there's a lot of, unneeded pressure that we're trying to release about that first record yeah that's true it's definitely different when there's a precedent like if again with somebody like Corey wong if he's in the studio whoever he's working with has a general idea of what his thing is and if it's not that everybody's going to notice Corey's going to notice everybody he's working with is going to notice whoever's in the booth is going to notice like and obviously the fans will notice because they love they like his fans freaking love his stuff and mm-hmm. they just want more you know so there is like a good healthy sort of expectation but it's informed it's like justified because it's informed by what came before it whereas if you're starting yeah that's so unfair yeah <laughs> because, because there's nothing because you're in discovery mode still to yeah. some extent enjoy the least, process or at least you can be i mean there are people that start and and are committed to what they're doing and they just want to capture that. And that's fine too. So, yeah. Yeah. You've got people like Jen. <laughs> yeah. But all, you know, <laughs> but even that opens up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Well, she's, she's very open to like trying things, even like yesterday, straight up. If she did, if she's like, I don't like this, but we're going to try it. Yeah. You know, we being willing also, to just try. Yeah, we should also add, side note, this is Jen Bloom, who is Waltzing on Waves, the artist. So in, in case you're wondering, who's Jen? She's amazing. Yeah, she's a crazy good artist working on, really pretty much done with the debut album. I just have to finish mixing some tracks. But incredible, incredible singer, songwriter. <laughs> just powerhouse. Yeah, she can do it all. Uh, so I think to wrap things up... Uh, I've been doing this thing where I ask people a few questions to sort of sort of tie things up with a neat little bow. Um, what what have you okay, so we just talked about the fact that you take a lot of ear breaks. Mm-hmm. But do you have anything that you've been listening to that 
is just really speaking to you? What I've been listening to more is podcasts and because of the ear break thing and, and I've just really been enjoying, um, and the writer is podcast, which I think I recommended to you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I love it. And I'm not a, I mean, I, I do, do you have write, a favorite episode. No, no, I just like all of them. They're great. Um, I, I, I compose and put music together, but I don't generally write lyrics much anymore. So, and a lot of what that is about is, you know, songwriters that are, are doing that. So even though it's not like directly related to what I do on a day-to-day basis, I just find it deeply inspiring. And, Absolutely. And just really cool information. So I highly recommend And The Writer Is. Me but too. I've been listening to that a lot. <laughs> it's um, so good. <clears throat> One more. Uh, where do you think you see yourself in five years? I think that I'll largely be doing what I'm doing now. I'll still be producing music and working with artists. The main thing for me is to, in five years, I don't want to be working 12 hours a day. I'd like that to not be necessary. I want to like, you know, be, be really selective on the projects that I'm working on and only do, um, really inspiring projects. Yeah. Uh, Musically, and then be doing video and composing work and having enough income from that that I feel like I don't have to be in the studio all day. Yeah. Because I just feel like if I don't start mixing it up, I am going to become tired of yeah. of working on it. I won't be inspired by it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good self-awareness. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you being part of the podcast i appreciate you having me (laughs) yeah thanks for well thank you for hosting Uh, (laughs) of course yeah it was good to it was good to sit on a couch drink coffee and just be super chill about it so yeah it was a fun conversation man yeah i agree um thank you for listening uh if you're listening to this on itunes or apple music or spotify please rate this and leave a comment and uh i'll see you guys in the next podcast 